Peter Sand of BIMCO unfortunately couldn't join us today, but we are delighted uh, that Martin Stopford was uh, very kind at the last minute to uh, agree to uh, do double duty. He is going to be a panelist in the afternoon, but uh, I'd like to thank Martin for um, uh, tripping in, for uh, making a presentation. Actually, it will be a terrific presentation on where we are in the shipping cycle today. So Martin, thank you for being uh, a hero. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, <clears throat> a pleasure to be unexpectedly here this morning. I am um, uh, uh, talking a, a little bit about um, the market rather than, uh, I guess, like the previous panel, I've been doing a lot about carbon and technology for the last year or two. So it's good to be back in that familiar space where the shipping cycle's going next. Um, it's, it's the one thing that never changes. And um, what uh, what I'd like to do this morning is to um, is, is to try and cover the big picture. I guess um, you you'll get people talking about the separate markets, but in a short time I don't really want to go into great detail on specific sectors. But I do think right now, at the stage where we are in the market, it is important to look at the overall picture. And I will start off by quick review of where we are today, which is quite nice in some ways, um, and then uh, look at sh ship demand and the world economy and sort of draw up where that sits alongside the, um, the developments on fleet growth. And uh, uh, then the shipbuilding and the d whole dynamic position of where the shipyards are. We heard a fair bit um, about uh, perhaps, well, for example, I think um, someone mentioned that uh, handy bulkers are underordered, and I think that's the sort of issue which tends to come up at the present position, and I'll, I'll take a look at th that. And then um, the balance of supply and demand, fleet utilization, and really, I think, some features of the market today which are completely new um, compared with the, the problems that we faced in making predictions for market recovery, uh, in inverted commas, in previous cycles. And then the, the conclusion. So that's, that's the agenda. The, um, the, the cycle is, um, uh, has sort of moved up in the last month or so. It's moved up to uh, about, this is Clark's index, which is an average of tankers, bulk carriers, container ships, and gas. Uh, over the last 25 years, it's averaged about $15,000 a day. Um, at the end of October, it was up at uh, $20,000 a day. It's back down to about 18000 at the moment. Um, there was a, a, an even bigger spike for about a week in October. It went up to $30,000 a day. That's the sort of thing markets do. Um, it was based on a fairly small number of fixtures, I think. And it's now back in territory, which is above the long-term average, uh, about 30% um, over the long-term average. Uh, but the big question 
is whether it's going to, whether this is the foothills of something bigger. If you've been sitting here with a similar spike in, um, now I see if I can, oh, it does work, yeah. If we've been sitting here in, um, in 2000, that spike was the precursor to something wonderful that happened in the, um, the beginning of the, of the millennium. Um, it's actually better than the previous spikes in this period. And so I reckon, you know, you have to make up your mind whether this is a bit of a freak and actually the market is stuck in a rut over uh, the balance of supply and demand or whether, in fact, things are tightening up nicely and we're going to see some serious money made over the next year or two. Um, for what it's worth, I started predicting um, uh, um, after the, um, the credit crisis, I, I started saying I thought 2021 was the, uh, the, the, the date when the market would recover. I, uh, and that was just based on the experience of what had happened in the 70s. It took a long, long time to unwind. And uh, I felt that 2021 gave me lots and lots of time that I was unlikely to be wrong on that. I have to say that I'm wondering whether I gave myself enough time there. I don't think that we are going to get out of the woods yet. I think that the market is slightly stuck. But let me let me go on and give you the uh, the numbers. But first of all. Um, just to show you where the different segments of that index are, the, this chart shows you um, the position of each of the main market segments um, in the last 12 months. And I reckon 12 months gives you an idea of how much cash is coming into the company. A month doesn't really give you a very good idea. Uh, it's, it's the average of the last 12 months divided by the average earnings over the last seven years. And um, you see that uh, tankers are actually slightly, strangely enough, are slightly be below trend. And that's because tankers had a couple of very good years in the last seven years, which pushed their average up. Um, bulkers are, well, Panamaxes, which have had a very bad seven years, the last seven years, they, they're above trend. <clears throat> the Handy Max and the Cape Size are about on trend. And um, chemicals below trend. Gas, um, big recovery in the last month or so, uh, but not enough yet to really push gas seriously over um, the seven-year trend, which has was not been very good on the whole. And the uh, containers are 9% over their miserable seven-year trend of the last seven years. So it's a mixed bag. And I think really what this tells you, it tells you a lot about the sectors that have done well and the sectors that have done badly. And frankly, you know, some, uh, some sectors have suffered very badly uh, in the last uh, seven or eight years. And bulkers uh, uh, probably top of the list there. But container ships might even have topped out the bulkers. They've had a very bad, time, bad run. Um, Second-hand prices and indeed sale and purchase activity. This index shows you the um, tanker and bulk carrier price indices. And it's not very exciting. Um, there's not a lot of action there. The um, 
the, the tankers' prices have edged up a bit with the, the strong markets, not a, an enormous surge, really. And the bulkers are sort of wandering around an index of 100. And um, that index of 100 um, goes back pretty well to 1990. So, and, and this is money of, it's money of the day. It's not adjusted for inflation. So um, your average uh, modern bulker today is worth about as much as it was for a given age in 1990. We haven't seen a great asset play on, on the assets. And I think that has been another feature of the business in the last 10, 15 years, you really haven't, um, you, you get sort of short-term uplifts. And we had this enormous uplift, whoops-a-daisy. I always do that. Go back. Go back. Well, it doesn't want to go back, does it? It only wants to go forwards, okay. <laughs> okay, well, you'll have to imagine the, 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 sale, the, the sale and purchase chart. Um, uh, but um, I'd probably give you a, a chance to study this more interestingly. But really, um, asset play, go back to the early 1990s, and the mantra was, we trade ships, not cargo. Um, you could have done that in the last 20 years, but it's a bit like going to the casino. It's, it's, all, it's, it's up a bit, down a bit, um, and it's not really had much real benefit. The, uh, the, the bunker prices, which I've chucked into this sector, um, are currently, um, uh, the, the red line is gas oil. Uh, the uh, blue line is um, the 380 CST bunker oil. And the red dot is uh, low sulfur fuel oil in Rotterdam, which is currently $511 a tonne. And that is pretty close to the gas oil price, which is a bit surprising when you think about it. I wonder who's making some money out of that. Um, the, um, the, the little sub-table at the top is something I saw last week. I can't remember the, it was, it was put up on a slide by um, one of the um, bunker agents, bunker organizations. They'd done a sample of three um, uh, parcels of low sulfur fuel oil, and these were the characteristics. So I think it, it confirms the view which has been around for a while, that whereas you know the 380, the, the 380 CST um, blended fuel is pretty standard. It comes out with similar characteristics. The um, blends for low sulfur that are coming up at the moment have very different characteristics. Um, the sulfur, all of them um, comply on the sulfur percentage. Um, uh, the viscosity is, um, well, 148 uh, 72 and 9.6, which is a bit, I, I don't really understand how to interpret these, except it sounds pretty runny to me. Um, I, and, uh, you know, I think you make sure there's no cracks in your tanks, basically, else you might find it's all run out. Um, but uh, I, I leave that with you for what it's worth as um, another piece of useless information in the great sulfur debate, you know. Um, 
On the demand side of the markets, I sort of get a bit less comfortable here. It really isn't a very good story. Um, I, I always start with industrial production because over the years I've found the industrial cycle carries shipping on its back. And um, right now we have um, the world economy is down to uh, um, zero growth. It's gone steadily down over the last year. Uh, the USA, which was bucking the trend, is now putting out some pretty worrying features. The profit levels are down. The uh, S&P uh, is down. And um, I think that that is really not good news. And, and really, the big worry here, and it's something you could toss a coin for, is whether this is going to bounce up, as these things tend to do, looking back. Um, you know, when you get a dip, it often does bounce back very quickly, but once or twice, it, uh, it carries on going down. And I think there's enough, enough around in the world economy um, to give some concern that this index might continue to go down a little bit. Europe is not in good shape. The States looks as though it's not in good shape. And... Um, well, Asia is, uh, is, is pretty slow as well. So that, that's not a good starting point. Um, if you actually look at the volume of cargo that we move, um, it, there's some food for thought here as well. Uh, in 2008, we were moving a little over 8 billion tons of cargo. Today, we're moving uh, 12 billion tons of cargo. In fact, since the credit crisis, we have moved an addition. We are now moving an additional 3.6 billion tons. That is actually 27% growth over a decade, and it's as much um, total cargo as we we're moving. You know, at the end of the 1980s, we've added as much cargo in the last 11 years as we did in the two millennia up to 1990. And really the question, first question you've got to ask yourself is whether we can carry on growing, whether we want to carry on growing cargo at that rate, um, because that becomes a very big part of the carbon footprint. And I noticed I was glad to hear the earlier panel all, you know, swore adherence to cutting the carbon footprint. And one of the best ways to do it is to cut the volume of cargo. Um, there is another issue about this, you know. 37% um, of the cargo we moved last year was fossil fuels. How much is that going to be in 2050? You're going to be moving, you know, there's a great big nasty chunk, nearly 40% of our cargo is the stuff we're supposed to be getting rid of. Um, so, uh, you know, oh, hello, that's not a clue from Nicholas. Actually, I'm, it's, that's reminding me, I'm supposed to get a move on. I, I, um, <laughs> um, but, well, just think about it. This year, the trade, we reckon the trade's going down with the industrial cycle, 1.4% growth this year. Um, um, some people say it's going to go up a bit next year. I, th I, I think the jury's out on that one. I think I would be a bit cautious myself. Um, in terms of the fleet, well, there's no problem with the fleet growth. Um, during the same period that um, the 
uh, cargo was growing by 27%, the fleet was doubling. Um, in, by the end of next year, by the end of 2000, the merchant, the cargo fleet will, re meet to, will reach 2 billion deadweight tons of capacity, and that is twice what it was uh, at the peak of the boom in 2008. Um, so, you know, we've, the fleet has actually gone up, has doubled, while the tons of cargo has increased by 27%. Uh, and so that gives you a little clue about something else that's been going on here. Uh, this year, the fleet growth uh, is going to be around 3%, and as I showed you, the trade growth is about 1.4%. So we're not really going in the right direction there. Um, China's sluggish. China's a mature economy, very big volumes of cargo. Um, I, you know, I think probably uh, th this is very typical of the sort of pattern asymptotic growth, which is gradually slowing down, is what I would expect. I think you know, China's importing plenty of cargo for a, an economy that size, and I think it's we, they've gone through the import intensive phase on the raw materials. Um, the shipbuilding dynamics tell a very different story. Um, the, the order book is down, as you can see here, to 9.2% of the fleet, and that is pretty well as low as it's been since uh, 2000. It's a, it's a very small order book, and it's a particularly bad order book for the shipbuilders because um, they, that order book is spread over uh, this year, next year, and they have really quite a big hole in 2021. There'll be some slippage, of course, but n probably not that. These are predictions. These are, our, these are the Clarkson Research predictions. They're not uh, of what it will be, not the actual order book. But the shipyards, are, I mean, believe me, if you're in November and you have got this level of ships on order for 2021, you, you've got problems because there's long lead items, all sorts of things that you need to sort out as a shipyard. So I think the shipyards are getting very, very hungry. Um, and um, I think that uh, uh, that is going alongside the fact that the deliveries of ships this year are going to go up to 90, from about 85 million deadweight to about 93 million deadweight. So, you know, we live in a slightly topsy-turvy world, um, and it does worry me a bit to hear people saying, well, you know, handy bulkers are under-ordered, because I, I'm sure that there are, you know, there's lots of shipyards who would be delighted to give you a very good deal at the moment, whether it's quite what you want, I don't know. Um, the demolition is well down this year. This is the, the prediction is it will be down to about 16, 17 million deadweight, which is about half what it was last year. So, you know, the whole thing on the shipbuilding dynamic front is moving to a period where there's much less tonnage coming into the market um, in from 20, 2021 onwards. The shipyards are very hungry. The ships have to be ordered first. So is that a great time to order an eco ship with LNG? Or is it a good time to sit on your hands 
and let nature take its course. And that's one of those great commercial decisions. Um, just about running out of time, so I'll just do the fleet balance and utilization. Um, if we take a look at the demand for ships in dead weight, this is my rough estimate. These are Mickey Mouse figures, but they were, you know, they seem to me to work okay over the years. I've been using this method, and you can see that uh, there was um, a very big growth of demand um, since 2008. Uh, surprisingly, you know, we've been 10 years in recession, but it's been 10 years of fantastic growth of ship demand. And the problem has simply been that um, on the supply side, the, um, the fleet of ships has grown much, much more. There you are, it's reaching the 2 billion tons there. And we've built up a surplus, which... Uh, so if you just look at how things have developed over 50, 60 years, shortage, surplus, the red is the, is the, the, demand, the supply, the blues, the demand. So we built up a long surplus there, went on for nearly 15 years, and it felt like it. Um, then in the 90s, we went into sort of limbo when we were hovering along balance, but it wasn't, didn't feel very good. You had some good years and bad years. Anything that happened... Um, really either pushed it up or down. Uh, then we get into shortages uh, in 2000s when everybody made lots and lots of serious money, frankly. I mean, this doesn't... If you can get into this situation, it's wonderful. Uh, but sadly, that is not where we are today. I've put this in limbo because there's a peculiarity here. We've got this enormous, on paper, this enormous surplus of about over 20% of the fleet. But in a way, people are trading normally. We've just had a couple of years of, we've just had a big tanker spike. Um, it feels more like the limbo of the 90s, frankly. And the reason for this is simply that nowadays we're not laying ships up with slow steaming. And indeed, the, the bunker prices are so high now that whatever you think about slow steaming for eco purposes, it, you, the, the bunkers cost more than the ship today, frankly. And certainly by the time you whack in um, some of this uh, uh, f fancy oil that you, um, uh, uh, low sulfur oil, the, the, the bunkers will cost a lot more than the ship. And therefore, in that situation, makes sense to use less bunkers, more ship. That means steam slower, you know, and it's a very effective thing. And so here you see surplus tied up with in slow steaming, um, which is great. We're all slow, you know, the fleet is steaming at the, quote, eco speed. But that really is... Um, uh, 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 reversible with today's fleet because you can add a couple of knots, three knots if the freight rate goes up. So that is acting as, a, the slow steam is acting as a sort of buffer on how long you can sustain peaks. Doesn't mean you won't get peaks and troughs, it just means you won't sustain them. So, just to finish off with the very last slide, um, the index is uh, down, I, I said 18 at the beginning, um, but it's uh, uh, and that was correct. So the Clark Sea last week was 18,200. 
we're heading into dangerous territory in the world industrial cycle. We might get lucky and it'll go up again next year, which I think, you know, it's a gambler's, you, you could put money on that. Um, trade's slowing too, and is going to be, we think, 1.4% this year. The shipyard order book's very low, which is great in terms of future deliveries. Uh, but in fact, most of the order book is for short delivery, so it's not quite as good as it would be if it was spread a bit further forward. The shipyards are getting very hungry for 2021 order book uh, workload. Sentiment with ordering new ships is very, very certainly sort of wandering around. People seem very uncomfortable. I mean, I heard three big ship owners in a row say last week they all felt that they they were just going to sit on their hands because, for the simple reason which was discussed on the panel, that um, you. Uh, um, that, that basically you need to be able to depreciate your ship and until IMO puts in place some sort of framework which ensures that a gas ship and I think, I, I mean I personally I think LNG probably does have a place to play in this, I'll be talking about that tomorrow um, but um, I, I think what you need now is some sort of framework which allows you to, to depreciate diesel ships and gas ships in just the same way as we had a, a framework for single hull tankers uh, with you know they eventually came with the total phase out but there was a there was a serious effort made in the early 90s to lay down a phase out scale for single hull tankers and we need something like that to give people some security so that they can order new ships and without that I don't think anyone will. If, if, well, if they can, of course you can, you always can, and I, uh, they are doing, but I think it's a big risk. So on that uh, happy or unhappy note, depending on where you sit, um, I think the um, bottom line is that uh, supply side is improving, the demand's too weak to, for a sustained turnaround. I think it's steady as she goes. I think you just have to take it one day at a time and think carefully about your medium-term strategy for fleet renewal as well as just what the next year brings. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you.